0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy.
1: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. At that very time, there were some present Who told Jesus about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices? He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders Than all the others living in Jerusalem. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down why should it be wasting the soil he replied sir let it alone for one more year until i dig around it and put manure on it if it bears fruit next year well and good but if not you can cut it down the gospel of the lord, Praise to
0: you, lord Christ. o trinity be in my minds on my lips and in my heart in the name of the father son and holy spirit Well, good morning. I haven't worn a dress in a long time, but I'm glad to do it with you guys today in such a safe place. (laughs) If you don't know my name, my name is Will Rutherford. I'm the creative director here at Christ Church, and most Sundays I'm in the back leading the Christ Church combo and leading you guys into singing as an act of worship. And today I'm very honored to present to you a reflection on the gospel passage that we just read. This passage took me a while to wrap my head around, because the first and second half of the reading feels a little bit disconnected. One, you have the commoners asking Jesus about the sin of others, and Jesus calling them to repent. And then you have Jesus telling the parable of the barren fig tree. But I thought the author of Luke intentionally put these passages together, and whoever decided on the lectionary reading decided they should be together as well. After some thought and prayer, I believe I started to see the bigger picture, and today today I pray that we can all see this together. So we are in the third week of Lent, and in this season of Lent, we have the opportunity to choose two paths, endure or begin again. Lent offers us the chance to endure what is before us, to wait earnestly for the fruit to grow on the trees in which it has promised, to stand by the work we have done, the money, time, energy we have invested, the love that is present but not at its fullest, to learn patience and endurance. Lent also offers us the chance to start over, to begin again, to chop down the trees that we have spent so much time, sweat, and money on, that it is producing nothing but time, frustration, money, sweat, tears, and energy, and maybe producing something that is not quite love or beauty. So which path is yours today? Sometimes our trees may never bear fruit, but sometimes they will. Sometimes the fruit comes after we have passed on and into an eternal heavenly sleep, and our lineage reaps the reward. There is no absolute certainty, just faith and choices. Henry Nowen says, we belong to a generation that wants to see the results of our work. We want to be productive and see with our own eyes what we have made. But that is not the way of God's kingdom. Often our witness for God does not lead to tangible results. Jesus himself died as a failure on a cross. There was no success there to be proud of. Still, the fruitfulness of Jesus' life is beyond any human measure. As faithful witnesses of Jesus, we have to trust that our lives too will be fruitful, even though we cannot see the fruit. The fruit of our lives may be visible only to those who live after us. What is important is how well we love. God will make our love fruitful, whether we see that fruitfulness or not. In some ways, embracing this reality can take the burden of life off of our shoulders, allowing us to place our life in the hands of God and the universe as it spins another day. But in other ways, it will make us more frustrated because we can't always control our destinies or find clear answers. In the scriptures, Jesus was known for never giving clear answers. He often gave metaphoric stories or parables and asked the common people, who are you in this story? Some examples, you have the parable of the sower, a story about the process of scattering seeds and never knowing which path they will grow on. Another parable, the parable of the wicked tenants, where an owner of a vineyard entrusts tenants to take care and manage the growth of the fruit, but the tenants end up enforcing violence on the collector's servants and even kill the son of the owner in an act of greed. Jesus often told stories and references to farmers because this was the culture of the time and would be ways in which people could understand deeper meanings. I often think if Jesus were telling stories today, he would say something like A hipster had three Facebook friends. One was a troll, one was a stalker, and one was a pastor. And the story would unfold in some profound way, maybe the question being, which one are you in this story? In some of Jesus' stories, the meaning was obvious, in others ambiguous, unclear, left up for interpretation, and many filled with such deep meaning that would only plant seeds and grow into a future revelation, as the hearer would eventually come to understanding. In the second portion of the Gospel reading today, Jesus tells the parable of the barren fig tree. I will read it again. He then told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? The servant replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. This is an example of a parable with a meaning that would be obvious to some, confusing to others, and forever interpretive based on the context of our situations. In the season of Lent, this is how it speaks to me. I believe this parable symbolizes self-reflection, choices, Faith, patience, endurance, death, and resurrection. And how does it symbolize death and resurrection? For something to be resurrected, it has to first die. Sometimes we must allow ourselves to experience an existential and spiritual death in order to properly begin again. This is what Paul means by dying to self. Moving away from New York City was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. In a way, it was a death for me. It was a death of a life I wanted to continue living, a death of a dream. But since that death, I can confidently say that I have been experiencing a new resurrection in Christ, and it is sweeter than I expected. But I had to reflect. I had to evaluate if continuing to live in New York City was best for my family. Because we did not make six figures, the choice was quite easy. I had to have faith to move us in the middle of a snowstorm and have faith to get us to Tulsa safely. It was a painful choice to leave, a death of some sorts, and it took me the entire year of 2018 to feel like I was finally resurrecting in Christ and seeing that a new tree was growing. So this is why I opened today's sermon by saying, Lent offers us a choice to endure or begin again. What is your story today? Perhaps we must wait another year to see the bloom, a choice that can only come from self-reflection, faith, endurance, and patience. Or perhaps we must cut this tree down and begin again, a choice that can only come from self-reflection, faith, death, and resurrection. So how does the first section of the gospel reading connect to the parable of the barren fig tree? In the first section of the reading, we see that several Galileans were slaughtered in the temple in the midst of worship, ordered by Pontius Pilate, who would later order the death of Jesus. The question arose to Jesus, were these people worse sinners that this would happen to them? Jesus replied, no. Another incident had also happened where a tower fell on a group of people who were killed. The question arose again, were these people the worst of sinners? Jesus replied, No. If you remember another story told in John 9 about the blind man, the disciples asked Jesus, what did this person do or what did his family do for him to deserve deserve such an awful deficiency? Jesus replied, they did nothing. Those are three examples. Violent injustice, accidents, and biological chance, none of which are caused by sin or caused by God. Bad things just happen. And many people will try to make sense of it and say that God ordains suffering and predestines people to be born into slavery, poverty, or with birth defects for his glory. But this is a distorted and damning view of love and our maker who loves everyone. In the book of Job, we learn that bad things happen to even righteous people. And of course, Jesus, the most righteous example of them all. We often ask why bad things happen to good people and why good things happen to bad people. I think it's true to say bad things happen to good and bad people and good things happen to bad and good people. Jesus says sin is sin and no sin is greater that would produce tragedy to befall on you by our maker. He says repent get right with God and yourself because your chance of dying or experiencing tragedy is just as good as the next person's. But Jesus says come and I will give you rest. After Jesus calls us to repentance, he then tells the story of the barren fig tree, a story about reflection, choices, faith, death, and resurrection. Lent is a time of self-reflection. In order for us to know we must choose a path of endurance or choose a path of beginning again, we must cease to study the sin of others and compare holiness and study and examine our own hearts and situations and actions. Lent calls us to examine our sin, repent, and change. Our sin can bring destruction to ourselves and to others, but this destruction is not ordained by God. God offers love and freedom. The world offers cruelty, and often the least privileged perish the worse. This is not because of their sin. God made something beautiful. He created the universe, the cosmos, the birds, the trees, you and me, and in his love gave us freedom to love him back, to love his creation and to love one another. And in our freedom, we have often not chosen love. We have often killed each other, and we even killed God. James E. Cone, a black liberation theologian who wrote about the lynching era, said, We have lynched Jesus. Someone once asked, how am I as a fig tree in God's orchid? Am I bearing fruit as a response to his son's loving care and nourishment? And if so, am I producing the fruit that the owner of the vineyard would be happy with? And a question for all of us today, what is our tree producing? Is it producing hate, destruction, and only offering shade to ourselves? Or perhaps we have done a good job at preparing our trees and soil, that gives back to the world. But maybe we are still waiting to see the fruit of that. Maybe we must continue to endure this cross that is not so easy to bear. Jesus did say that following him would not be easy. Lent is a time to look inward and see what changes we can make that reflects the nature of Jesus. It's a season that reminds us we are dust, crafted in the nature of God, and we have the freedom to reflect this word indeed, or to not do it. What season are we in? A season of enduring or beginning again? One of my favorite scriptures is in Ecclesiastes, and it says, To everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. Is today a time for us to pluck up and plant again? Or is it a time of waiting and enduring what is before us? I truly believe this is what Jesus is trying to say in this parable. Look inward and see if we have planted in the wrong soil in a way that is harmful to us and to the world. If so, pluck up and plant again. Or look inward and see if you have planted in the right soil. If so, endure, wait for the bloom to come even if you never see it. Following Jesus is not easy. To close, Lent beckons us to ask the questions. Are we making the world a better place? Are we loving God with our whole heart and loving our neighbors as ourselves? Is there a reason our trees are not producing fruit? Could our soil be corrupted? Have we planted in the wrong place? Have we stolen someone's land? Or have we planted right and must press on and endure the hardship of following Jesus? Today, if you believe you must cut down your tree and begin again, Jesus says, come, and we'll hand you the axe. Today, if you see you are on the right path, pray for courage to wait it out, endure, and cling to patience, make proper changes, repent, hold on, trust, and wait for the fruit to come, even if you never see it. If you believe this is you today, Jesus says, come, and he will endure and wait with you. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org and peace be with you.